Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on episode 40 of Health Talk with Dr. Kell. We are in the middle of a What Is series. In episode 38, we discussed what is chiropractic. In episode 39, we discussed what is acupuncture. This week in episode 40, we're talking about what is hypnosis. Hypnosis is a form of therapy that uses a trance-like state in which you have heightened focus and concentration to help you gain control over thoughts and behaviors that are undesirable to you. Hypnosis may help to treat a variety of conditions, such as anxiety, post-traumatic stress, smoking, overeating, and pain. Sometimes we need help to redirect our thoughts and behaviors without using prescription medicine and dealing with their side effects. It's nice to know about all our options. Welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Kell, everyone. I'm Nikki Sterner, and today is podcast number 40, and we're talking about what is hypnosis. Hi, Dr. Kell. That sounded more like we were starting to talk about a scary movie, but uh, <laughs> I, I suppose people might think it's connected, right? Because people think of hypnosis sometimes as as they, you know, they've seen movies or uh, people being hypnotized into doing things they have no idea they're doing or they go do something bad or, or et cetera, et cetera, or they allow people to do bad things to them under hypnosis. And so it, it's got like this weird stigmatism. Control. Yes, like losing control. control. Yeah. Yes, well, we're going to dispel those, uh, those thoughts and ideas today and, and give you a true picture of what hypnosis is and what it can do for you. So. Good. But I think you have well, a thought before, of the day, right? Yeah, before we do that, let's do the quote of the day. Nurture your mind with great thoughts by Benjamin Disraeli. And I just thought that went along with hypnosis today because you and I have done a session or two with hypnosis where you treated me. Um, and it was nurturing to my mind with great thoughts because a lot of times we have these negative affirmations that we say in our head for whatever reason and it's changing that right dr kell yes changing what we tell ourselves yes and we'll go more into detail about that in a minute or two but i want to do an article of the day first Um, but yes hypnosis can help to improve your thoughts reduce your anxiety can do many many things we'll get more detail into that in a moment do you ever take vitamin d nikki every morning Every morning. Do you take yes. it as an individual supplement or do you take it with a combination supplement? It's an individual standard so just, process just, supplement. Yep. Okay, the one called vitamin D. Yeah, they, standard process does have a few things with an actual name of a vitamin on them, but the majority <laughs> don't because they're always a combination of nutrients. But in the case of vitamin D, they do have a specific vitamin D and it's good mm-hmm. stuff. But I wanted to talk a little bit about vitamin D because it's in the news a lot and, and it can affect your health significantly if you're low in vitamin D. Taught that if we walk out and sit in the sun for 20-30 minutes a day, our body will naturally produce enough of its own vitamin D. But a lot of people don't do that. People Mm -hmm. who live in areas like I grew up in Pacific Northwest in Washington and Oregon on the west coast where it rains felt like 90% of the time. They say there's many cloudy days and Oregon and Washington, there are sunny days in California, and I I can testify that is true. So if it's not raining, it's typically cloudy and dreary. So you're not getting the vitamin D needed. You know, suicide rates are some of the highest in the country, from what I understand, in those areas. So people tend to be more depressed. And 
low mood or depression is one of the signs of a lack of vitamin D. So I just wanted to discuss it a little bit. It's important here in an article, optimismdaily.com said, did you know that 42% of Americans meet the criteria for clinical vitamin D insufficiency? Research shows that we need at least 3,000 IU vitamin D3 each day. But how do we know if we're getting enough? Here are a few signs you may be a vitamin D deficient. Bone health. Vitamin D facilitates the absorption of calcium. So low vitamin D levels can result in poor bone health. Uh, low mood. Vitamin D deficiency is holistic, putting the whole body at risk, including our mental well-being. Research has established a link between low mood and insufficient vitamin D intake. So if you have mood health concerns, vitamin D levels could be a good place to start. Feeling mm -hmm. cranky? Feeling depressed? Increase your vitamin D intake. You might find that will change. But seek a healthcare professional to really evaluate that issue. Poor immune resilience. So we're so on and on and on today about immunity. Uh, vitamin D is essential to immune health. So whether you find yourself getting sick a lot or you just want to boost your overall immune health, vitamin D is a critical factor. I'm just reading some of the information out of this article here. Uh, <laughs> another one here that we all have fun with, and we're going to have a, at least a four-part series on memory coming up soon, and mm. brain fog. Brain fog mm. is a vitamin D problem. Uh, vitamin D supports daily brain function, so low levels of intake could result in brain fog or mental fatigue. you got to build up your stamina. If you're a runner, people who jog or run a lot, you know, they, the more they run, the more they realize that, you know, their heart and lungs work better and, and they have more endurance. Same thing with the brain. You can have brain fatigue where you're, you know, sitting there uh, performing brain functions, um, whether it's studying or doing math, doing, solving problems, whatever it might be, your brain's involved. Uh, some people will fatigue faster than others and part of that reason you're fatiguing may be for low low vitamin D levels. Uh, it could be a combination of many things, but uh, that could be one of them. Who is susceptible to vitamin D deficiency? Many people don't get enough of this critical vitamin, but certain groups are especially vulnerable to deficiency. People with dark skin tones have a reduced ability to produce vitamin D from UV rays, as well as those who live in especially cloudy or dark regions, like we talked about with Oregon and Washington. Those mm -hmm. who are overweight have health issues impacting their liver or kidney, and those on low-fat diets are also slightly more at risk of deficiency. Now, I think the low-fat diets tend to be out the window anymore today. They used to be mm -hmm. really popular, you know, 10, 15 years ago. People are all into low-fat diets, but uh, we've kind of gotten away from that and now doing the, the uh, low-carb diets instead of the low-fat diets. Uh, yeah. So that's probably not a problem on that end. How do I get more vitamin D? Spend the recommended 5 to 30 minutes in direct sun three times a week. Or take a vitamin D supplement. And also foods high in vitamin D. Okay, so that's on vitamin D. Any questions about vitamin D? Um, it just reminded me, back when I had breast implants and I was about to get them out, I had to um, take a vitamin D supplement, a very high dose because it was so low from all the toxicity that was in my body and my immune system was low and I had brain fog and I had low mood and all of the things that you were talking about, um, probably because of the toxicity of the implants. 
Um, I had to take, I think it was like 40,000 IUs a day wow. to get my vitamin D bumped up. And um, now, obviously, I don't have to do that. But I was so low from all the toxicity in my body that, um, yeah, it was it was bad. But I wasn't going outside as much either because I wasn't feeling well. And I, you know, I, I think I was malnourished, too, because my gut lining was so damaged from the chemicals that are in implants. Yeah, so it's just kind of like a... Your, your nutrients. A lot of people yeah. have that problem. Their gut's so messed up that they eat. They can eat all the right foods, but they're not getting absorbed into their system. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a lot better now, and I'm thankful for that. But, yeah, I, I had all the things that you listed, and my vitamin D was so low. Well, yeah. good that you but figured you it come out. back. Yes. Again, you, you didn't need any it. drugs. You just needed the sup supplementation to... You know, your body was able to eventually heal itself, but you just needed to give it the help that it required. And I had to take away the 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 toxicity. Yes, you had to remove yep. the things that were harming it and yep. add things in that it needed to help to heal, heal it. it. Yes. Yeah, Very good. but it works. And yep. it does work. So now we're on to the topic of the day. What is hypnosis? Hypnosis. Ooh. You tell. <laughs> Hypnosis has got a bad rap over the years, uh, kind of like chiropractic. Podcast 38 was on what was chiropractic, podcast 39 on uh, what is acupuncture, and today is what is hypnosis. And uh, yeah. I'd say chiropractic has gotten as much of a bad rap uh, by the medical community of America, as, and, and hypnosis has taken its hits over the years as well. However, today more and more people are accepting hypnosis as a valid form of therapy, Medical doctors are learning it and using it. Uh, psychologists, psychiatrists use it more frequently. And uh, we use it in our practice for many different issues. Uh, everything from stop smoking to sleep issues to anxiety mm -hmm. issues and depression. And just general health and well-being issues. We find it very useful. Uh, let's talk a little bit first about the history of hypnosis. Okay. okay. You know, I'm sure it's one of those things that people discovered thousands of years ago kind of like a manipulation of the spine and stimulation of points on the body, like with acupuncture. You've heard of mesmerized. Have you heard <laughs> that term? Well, that was after a guy called Mesmer, Franz Mesmer. Uh, it was a German back in the 18th century who uh, was given credit, uh, at least one of those given credit for coining the phrase hypnotic trance. Hence the, the words mesmerized. Mesmer claimed that he could showcase the existence of something called animal magnetism, which is an invisible fluid that flows between people, animals, plants, and things, and which can be manipulated to influence people's behavior. So Mesmer's was considered a bit of a charlatan, in a sense, by, the again, the, the medical community of the day. Things that he did actually did help people. You know, and, and I think there's no doubt we, we feel even today, I believe there is a connection between plants, animals, people. Uh, so I don't think that was total quackery to, to look at it from that perspective because we're all uh, organic and inorganic substances all over the earth. And, and if you take it down to an ultramicroscopic level to the atoms and neutrons and protons and, and electrons uh, or DNA, very similar in one form or another. What were some of the things that he did? What were some of the things that he did? Well, that's, see, Mesmer Scam practices gave hypnosis a bad start, but 
interest for its potential persist in medical sphere. In the 20th and 21st centuries, hypnosis continues to be explored and specialists have gained a better understanding of what it is and how it can sometimes be harnessed to bring health benefits. So I'm not sure exactly what Mesmer did. This article doesn't specifically mm. say, but apparently he put on shows and, and uh, performed for people in charge of money. And at the time, oh. uh, you know, I, I suppose maybe some people see what hypnotists, some do. You know, you have hypnotherapists and you have the uh, commercial hypnotists who go to parties and they hypnotize people at the party and, and yes. or get them to do funny things, though. We've learned through the, all the research with hypnosis that you can't make somebody do something they don't already probably want to do, at least on a subconscious level. Hypnosis is, in my opinion, you're drawing people, they're, you're bringing their subconscious to a conscious level. And, and, okay. and they're focusing their mind on a specific thing and it enables them to shut out everything else around them. And you can put in what are called uh, hypnotic suggestions, like in this instance of smoking or, or addiction or uh, implant colors and numbers and things like that in people's brains so that when they see those things, it can trigger something inside them to be stronger, to avoid smoking, to be more relaxed. It can be used for weight loss, uh, subconsciously help them to lose their appetite when they see certain colors or numbers or cert in certain events or circumstances. It can affect the brain in so many different ways and more and more is being learned scientifically. We did the article mentioned, I believe, in our podcast on detoxes that it's been shown in, under hypnosis that uh, the brain canals, the channels inside the brain that open up during sleep also under open up during hypnosis. And uh, those channels help input information into the brain. That's one of the ways the things we experience during the day are placed into our long-term memory or during sleep. And, and so it, it makes sense that uh, under hypnosis you can somewhat affect similar type things. In uh, and, and the commercial type of things you can just make get people to do funny things and Oddly enough, uh, hypnosis has been shown to, uh, I haven't seen this specifically, but people with rashes, uh, anxiety rashes, seeing the rashes disappear. There's a myriad of things you can use hypnosis for. But that's a little bit of the history. Here's another article on hypnosis that uh, has got some different titles. It's called okay. What is Hypnosis? And it's you can find this article at hypnosis.edu. What happens during a hypnosis session? First, the practitioner will discuss your goal and help you choose something to focus on during the session. It can be an object, an image, or a sensation. But since its purpose is to block out distractions and ease you into a trance, it must be something you like. I can't have somebody focus on a nice time with her family if she hates her mother. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the person writing this article brought up here, um, Berta. Uh, Thames, PhD. Then speaking in a slow, soothing voice, the practitioner will encourage you to relax and to focus on whatever you have chosen. Once you've entered a trance, telltale signs include a slight slackening of facial muscles or a change in breathing. You'll be given suggestions. Finally, you'll be talked out of the trance. Some people find this disorienting for a moment, while others may feel refreshed. Everyone experiences Hypnosis differently, says Teams. Many practitioners provide their patients with a tape. So like in your instance when I did hypnosis with you, I provided put your recording on a flash drive and then you're able mm -hmm. to take it home and listen to it later. And oftentimes we're working with people with weight loss or or sleep 
issues and uh, um, smoking issues, which are probably the most common things that I will see people for, and anxiety issues as well. It's recommended. We make the recordings for them, and sometimes we'll do multiple sessions. I've done up to seven sessions for somebody with sleep issues, and and then they'll go back and they'll have a variety of uh, different sessions to go back and listen to from time to time. And for instance, with people with sleep issues, I'll have them begin listening to a session we've done when they lay down to go to sleep at night. And then that'll oftentimes, I, I guess that maybe says I'm a little boring, but that'll often put them to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, uh, you know they're really under when they start snoring. So, yeah, and sometimes they're under too far. They've just gone to sleep. So yeah. it's interesting. What medical conditions can hypnosis help? It says hypnosis can relieve irritable bowel syndrome, improve breathing for some asthmatics, prevent nausea and vomiting associated with chemotherapy, ease various skin conditions. For instance, we mentioned previously things like hives and rashes. Judy Serlo, a 31-year-old paralegal in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, broke out in hives after her divorce. She saw her general practitioner and two dermatologists, and she says, I tried every product I could find. Nothing helped. Then her sister-in-law, who'd been seeing a hypnotherapist, suggested that Serlo make an appointment. Reluctantly, she agreed. After the first two sessions, her hives cleared up. Now she regularly listens to a hypnosis tape and says, I haven't had a breakout since. Other things uh, people go to hypnosis sessions for are pregnant women. It can help reduce your pain during childbirth. My own daughter has used it and, and found that beneficial. Probably the most compelling research in hypnosis has been done in the area of pain control. It goes along with giving birth, right? As Diane Young learned, hypnosis can make labor and delivery much more bearable. But hypnosis has been a lifesaver for burn patients who must endure debrement a grueling procedure during which their dressings are changed and their skin is scrubbed in order to prevent Oof. infection Yeah, and encourage the growth of healthy skin. So they found help with dealing with that pain during hypnosis. And one of the things also that I do with people if they want to is I teach them how to do self-hypnosis. So basically I'll do hypnosis sessions with them, but also teach them how they can put themselves into a state of hypnosis at any time. For instance, I've gone and had my teeth worked on and without anesthetic and put myself into a hypnotic state so I didn't really feel any pain while they were drilling away at my teeth. Oh my gosh. The, and so you can teach people. I can teach people how to, to do that themselves too. And by the way, I do can do things on the phone, can teach do hypnosis visits over the phone. Mm. Uh, we do phone sessions. We do Zoom sessions I'm here in uh, Oceanside, California, Holistic Health. Anybody need that number out there? 760-458-9000. Nice. Had to do a little plug, Nikki. Anyway. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I was going to ask, how do they find you? Yeah, or they can go to uh, to our website. Uh, it's called optimalhealthsolution.com. We're soon to have one with uh, standard process called holistichealth.standardprocess.com. We'll be able to go there and get information about us there too and how to contact us for if they're not in the local area, uh, we can do so many things over the phone, uh, from mm -hmm. nutrition sessions to hypnosis. I can't adjust you over the phone, I'm sorry. But uh, um, <laughs> I can refer you to someone that can do that. So let's yeah. get back to hypnosis now. Smokers swear that hypnosis helped them kick the habit. And I have worked with smokers, and, and they've stopped smoking. My own mother, uh, one session of hypnosis, and she'd been smoking camel straights for 40 years, uh, stopped smoking in a day. 
Wow. Uh, but again, like anything I found with people suffering from addictions, it, hypnosis can be very beneficial. But like anything, and so or so many things in life, you, you have to have a desire to stop. That's one of my big questions to people. Are you really ready to quit? Because if you're not, the, the hypnosis aid, uh, it's not the end result. The end result, or the uh, actual thing doing it, it's you, your mind, your desire that's uh, ultimately giving you the benefit or enabling you to cut the addiction. It's not the hypnosis itself, but the, but it but it's an aid. It's a help. Mm-hmm. So, like anything, you gotta want it. You gotta want to change. You gotta want to uh, go after whatever it is you're going after. You know, it's another thing hypnosis can do. It can help people motivationally. Getting having a hypnosis session before uh, an athletic event can be very beneficial. It can make surgery a lot easier to handle. For example, a patient who is told under hypnosis before her operation that she'll feel calm may have a slower heart rate and more stable blood pressure in the OR, says cardiovascular surgeon Mehmet C. Oz, MD, co-founder of Complementary Medicine Program at Columbia University. See, hypnosis can also speed recovery. Glenda Minkin, 55, of Atlanta, credits hypnosis with helping her sail through a grueling 12-hour operation to remove a rare malignant tumor from her salivary gland. Before checking into the hospital, Minkin contacted teams who sent her tapes to go over the technique. One tape described what I needed to do to control blood loss, says Minkin, who practiced the techniques. The upshot, she lost very little blood and her incision healed quickly. In fact, Though she was told she would be in intensive care for at least two days and in the hospital for many more, Mimkim says, when I awakened after surgery, I was ready to get up. Within two days, she was back home. I recovered so quickly, it was almost comical. Another thing here the article talks about, insurance typically doesn't cover hypnosis. We charge for uh, initial consults, and then, which are usually about an hour, and then the sessions are about a half hour long. And that always includes a, the session on a flash drive. What did I do to become a hypnotherapist? I went through a program, took several seminars, and became uh, nationally certified. Any other questions, comments? That pretty much covers the articles on hypnosis. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to share about it, Nikki? Yeah, so w- what do you have to take to become a hypnotherapist? Well, interestingly enough, you do not have to have a medical degree or any kind of doctorate degree. There are several schools out there that teach hypnosis. I've looked online, and there's ones that have 1,000-hour programs, 700-hour programs. I even found one that was a 300-hour program. I uh, went through a program that was taught by a, another chiropractor who does continuing education seminars for doctors of chiropractic. Uh, we're required to take 24 hours a year and continue education as a chiropractor. He uh, became a, a hypnotherapist and did a lot of hypnotherapy for many years in his own practice and then retired from chiropractic and started doing seminars. Basically, learning how to do hypnosis is like anything else. It just takes practice, uh, learning the basics and then practicing those. And we had to treat patients with it and, and show we'd done that. So a little bit similar to, I suppose, the acupuncture program, though not as many hours, not that involved. I believe the courses that you take to become like a seven or a thousand hour course they're going to teach you a lot more than just hypnosis they're going to go into functioning of the brain and, and anatomy and, and physiology and things like that too it's just like 
so many degrees out there you get today, like with chiropractic and medical degrees and stuff, they teach you an awful lot of things that, uh, unfortunately, because you don't use, you forget later. But it gives you an overall understanding, like, like I had different professors say over the years, that the most important thing we're teaching you today is not that necessarily the information that we're throwing at you, but it, it giving you an understanding where you can go to find it again if you need it in the future. Because uh, mm. your brain just doesn't hold it all. So uh, the cool thing, the Internet today, anybody has access to all this information. Uh, I'm sure if you wanted to, you could go online and, and take online courses on how to, how to learn yeah. hypnotherapy and use it. Uh, I, I haven't done it, but uh, there is a program, and, and the, the doctor that uh, taught the program that I went through is connected with a, a group in Las Vegas. And uh, you can go spend a week in Las Vegas. I can't remember what it cost. It was a couple thousand dollars or something like that. And, and you spend a week in Vegas, and every day you go through learning how to become a, uh, a hypnotist for uh, hire. Uh, and at the end of the week, you get an audience to perform in front of and hypnotize, and uh, then get them to come up and do uh, silly things. Uh, so I, I've thought about going to do that. Sounds like fun, but so far haven't done it. <laughs> Here's a question I have. What is the difference between hypnotherapy and guided meditation? Oh, that's a good question. And there is some overlap, I suppose. Uh, I've read different things on that. Uh, guided meditation, you're, you're typically more aware of your surroundings. It doesn't put you into a state. You're not going into a trance. You're not going into your subconscious mind. It's more conscious awareness and meditation. And I'm sure there's, there's overlap uh, when you're meditating you know you teach someone how to do self-hypnosis and they put themselves into a hypnotic state on their own or they listen to a a recording which helps them go into it and then and then then we'll bring them out of it as well but self-hypnosis probably would be more along the lines of meditation where yes under self-hypnosis you can get into your subconscious mind but if you're into a deep trance you need someone to put you in and take you out Whereas in self-hypnosis, you're basically getting yourself focused into, for instance, I said I'd gone to a dentist and not had any pain meds or, or any anesthesia and been able to self-hypnotize myself. Basically that mentally where I was able to disassociate the pain from my conscious mind so I didn't feel any pain. And I suppose if in a state of meditation, you could probably have a similar effect if you focused your brain on something specific uh, during some external process taking place. Mm. So that's how it, that's how, you know, meditation, mm. you know, we often think, you know, that there are those who would say that prayer is a form of meditation. People who teach meditation will have you say a given word over and over and over again while you're meditating. For instance, like in Nautic Session that we did with you, one of them where you, we took you to different locations and places under hypnosis. Or you could do the same thing in your own mind. You could imagine mm -hmm. yourself sitting on the beach and imagine in your mind you're seeing the waves and feeling the breeze and feeling the sun. and You know, that in itself, beginnings of putting you into a hypnotic state or a trance, there, there's connection, definitely. But I wouldn't yeah. necessarily say they're identical. Their ultimate yeah. benefit may be similar. I'm sure, uh, you know, through meditation you can help relax your body, you can control your, uh, you know, biofeedback is, is connected there too, where you, you actually get a biological response through meditation where it lowers your heart rate, uh, lowers your blood pressure, causes relaxation of the muscles throughout your body, and you get those similar kinds of things in 
under hypnosis session as well. So I'm thinking about the hypnotherapy. It almost like trains your subconscious to react to things a certain way. Like you're saying, like we're quitting smoking and um, dieting or what was it? Weight loss, anxiety, that sort of thing. So you're, you're like giving it subconscious signals like colors and words and things like that. Yes. And so it's different in that it's in the subconscious. Yeah, it, that's where I would say so. You're reaching more into your subconscious under hypnosis than you are with meditation. Yeah, it's really interesting. I didn't know you could work with like irritable bowel syndrome, asthma, therapy, the nausea and vomiting, that sort of uh, thing. At the uh, uh, Southern California University of Health Sciences, which is a school I went to to be, become a doctor, there was a time in its history, and I learned this from the chiropractor who taught me hypnosis, He because he went to the same school... Uh, Oh, 10 years before I did. And at one time, that school taught hypnosis. And they had a manual on all the things you could treat. And I remember he had the book at, at the class and during the course. And I looked through it, and it, it actually talked about things like acne and uh, uh, hmm. a multitude of, of health issues that uh, could be helped with hypnosis. And essentially, what it said to me, just like when we were talking about the lady with hives, is that stress in and of itself can cause all kinds of health problems that are manifested physically. It's happening in your mind and in mm -hmm. your subconscious mind, but you're getting manifested into the conscious environment on the outside or in the inside of your body. It's manifested through a health problem. Prove to me that really what's happening is through hypnosis, you're affecting the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system, which is tied into your anxiety, which is tied into your muscle tension, your inflammation, your the function of your, your gut, the, uh, so many different things. They call it psychosomatic illness, where uh, the stuff going on in your brain is manifesting in you physically. And so if you can, you know, meditation uh, can help with that, but, but hypnosis has been shown to have significant benefit on those things because what it's doing is it, it's balancing your your emotional levels which in turn balances you physically and those physical problems that are manifesting outwardly go away uh, because now you're balanced internally yeah that is really interesting wow nurture your mind with great thoughts there you go <laughs> it all leads back to that huh yeah, I, I know a lot of people deal with anxiety and depression. It's just so common right now with uh, all the different strands of COVID emerging. It's like it's a never-ending cycle of anxiety, the fear of, you know, what's coming and all of that. So maybe some hypnotherapy could help everybody. There's no doubt, no doubt. In fact, in time, yes. my plan is to put up some sessions on YouTube and uh, maybe... Who knows, maybe in the future, maybe we'll do an actual uh, hypnotherapy session on our podcast. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Maybe hypnotize the audience. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Oh, hey, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. See how we do. I can get everybody to ask a question on the uh, on our email, email right? Yeah, health talk with Dr. <laughs> Kell, D-R-K-E-L-L at gmail.com. Write in if you have a question, a, a hypnotherapy question even. Yes, anything, Something. any healthcare question, just yeah, send it over. We'll talk about it on the show, and we can mention your name if you're okay with it. Yes, and thanks to our sponsor, Ocean Bay Naturals, at oceanbaynaturals.com, and also we're looking forward to that website, 
holistichealth.standardprocess.com in the future. Anything else, Dr. Kell, that you wanted to touch on before, before we wrap up? I think we're good. Go back and check out the previous podcasts, uh, podcasts 38 and 39 on what is chiropractic and uh, what is uh, acupuncture and, and all the others. Now that we have 40, uh, you've got a lot to choose from. So check them all out. You might find benefit somewhere there. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. We're growing and growing in leaps and bounds and more and more listeners every week. So thank you for listening. That's right. Thanks for listening and find us wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, everyone, have a wonderful rest of your day, and thanks for joining us. We'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks, Dr. Kell. Thank you, Nikki. Take care. Okay, thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.